DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Praying with Scripture, Christian Contemplation and Meditation in the Ignatian Tradition, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life. Praying with Scripture, Christian Contemplation and Meditation in the Ignatian Tradition with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Hi, Chris. I'm excited to talk to you about praying with Scripture. We've really been encouraged to do that, especially in the last, what, since Vatican II, the last 40 years, encouraged to do that, but even more so now. Yes, Vatican II, now that you mention that, in its lovely document on uh, divine revelation, which is where it speaks about Scripture, warmly encourages every member of the Church. And so it's not just priests and and, uh, sisters, but all of us, lay people, all of vocations, to have the scripture in our hands daily through some kind of learning about it and prayer about it, uh, which says that it's a pretty important piece in our lives. And yes, that's, that's what this little book and these conversations will be about, summed up in those two words, meditation and contemplation. Could you help us to understand what the difference is between what meditation and contemplation? It almost seems as though they are the same, but yet, as you point out, there are some important differences. I'm remembering as you asked that, Chris, this was before I entered the seminary, and I had read various of the um, the spiritual writers, in particular Francis de Sales, I remember his introduction to the devout life, and some others, and noticed that um, they continued to recommend this kind of prayer that they called meditation, and I had no idea what it meant, and I also had no idea of where I could go to find out. It was actually mm-hmm. Francis de Sales in the introduction to the devout life itself that first gave me some sense of what was meant by this attractive but mysterious and seemingly remote form of prayer that was called meditation. All I could think of then were you know, priests and nuns and so on in their monasteries, but it, it was something of which I had no knowledge because it had never been explained to me. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that for many of us, to hear words like meditation and contemplation conjures up something of that same sense. There's something attractive about them, but if we were asked, we wouldn't be exactly sure what we mean by the one and the other. And that's exactly where I'd like to start with what St. Ignatius of Loyola means by those two words. As always, he's very practical, very simple, very clear, and very usable in what he says. And most simply, and then we'll go back and fill this out a bit more, Ignatius understands by those two words is that we have different capacities in our human nature that are God-given, one of which is to think about things and one of which is to imagine things. And both of those human powers, our reasoning power and our imagining power, can be employed as a way to enter into the richness of God's Word. And as we do that, God speaks in a very personal way that Word to us and transforms us. When we try to pray with Scripture through the reasoning power God has given us, we are meditating. That's meditation. Uh When we try to pray with, let's say, a gospel scene or event through the imaginative power God has given us, then we are 
contemplating in Ignatius' sense. And just so that I don't lose this, let me say this from the start. Now, one of the further confusions, is particularly with the word contemplation, is that St. John of the Cross, with him St. Teresa of Avila, will use John of the Cross as um, one who typifies this way of speaking. John of the Cross uses that word contemplation in a very different sense than St. Ignatius of Loyola uses it. For St. John of the Cross, he's speaking about the higher forms of mystical prayer, passive, infused, and in that sense, contemplative prayer. That's something different. When St. Ignatius, on the other hand, uses the word contemplation, what he means is a form of prayer that is accessible to everyone, from the person just beginning to the person who has prayed for a year, five years, 30 years, accessible to all of us. That is simply entry into the Word of God through the imaginative power, the imagination that God has given us. And now we'll say a little bit more about those two forms of prayer. So I think it's helpful for us to say that these conversations that we'll be having about meditation and contemplation are for anyone who has ever felt, I would like to try to pray with the Bible, with Scripture, but I've never done that. I'm not sure that I'm able to do that. It seems a little intimidating or daunting. These conversations are for that person. They are also for a person who has made that attempt, has tried to pray with Scripture, and found it difficult. And when it's difficult, it's also hard for us to persevere. And they would also be for a person who has been praying with Scripture personally for some time, but would welcome some renewal, some refreshment, some deepening in that. Uh, as you pointed out from the start, Chris, by mentioning the uh, text where the Second Vatican Council speaks about the place of sacred scripture in the lives of all of us and members of the church, we're talking about something that is very fundamental. I'd almost want to say that what we're speaking about here is more fundamental than the other sets of conversations that we've had about other topics. I say almost because each is fundamental in its particular application in the spiritual life. But that phrase that um, Mother Teresa made famous, everything starts from prayer. Everything starts from prayer. Discernment and all the rest, everything starts from prayer. And that's what we're really, we're really speaking about here. Now, I'm going to read one sentence from a spiritual author that we can use as a jumping off point for our conversation about meditation and contemplation. And this author writes, We can come to know the Lord, which is prayer. We can come to know the Lord through our reason or through our imagination, or more likely, through a very personal blend of the two. So we can come to know the Lord, we can pray with Scripture, either through our reason or through our imagination. That is, we can meditate Scripture, or we can contemplate Scripture, or, as this author, author points out, we may, in some very personal way, want to blend both approaches when we pray. So firstly, meditation. Meditation is employing the reasoning power that God has given us to enter into the scripture so that God can speak that word personally to me and apply it to my life and strengthen me in the ways that God wishes through that particular scripture. Uh -huh. Now, by reason, what I mean, for example, someone says something or I read something and it catches my attention and I stop and I think about it. I ponder it. I reflect on it. Uh, comes to my mind as, uh, as I say this, the old Latin proverb, Festina lente, make haste slowly. So someone says that little adage to me, and I hear mm -hmm. those three words, make haste slowly. 
And I stopped to think about it. It's, it's an odd combination of words, but I sense from the start that there's a real meaning in it. And I think about it. If, if I start a project and just charge into it without any forethought, I may move quickly, but I may have to redo everything that I've done later on when I realize that I was heading in the wrong direction toward completing the project. Whereas if I start slowly, if I take some time, get to know the situation, find out what the most effective approach really is, and then begin, I'm actually going to make more haste. I'm going to get done more quickly because I have made haste slowly in that sense. Now, what I've just done is an example of reflecting on applying the reasoning power that God has given us to a particular content. Let's do the same thing with something that's a little more spiritual directly. And this is from another spiritual author, just one sentence. And this author writes, We could never become saints under the best conditions, only under the worst conditions. That's a striking sentence. We could never become Uh saints under the best conditions, only under the worst conditions. And I wonder what that means. And I stop to think about that. Well, if I look over my life, I can easily see that there have been times when the conditions were certainly not the best conditions and in many ways may have seemed to me even the worst conditions of health, finances, family, situation at work, uh, relationships, whatever it might be. When I've gone through very hard times and I find out as I look back that those were the times that moved me to come closer to God than I've ever been before in my life. And then as I think about this, I can begin to see more and more ways in which there is truth. And many uh, applications of this particular sentence, we could never become saints under the best conditions, only under the worst conditions. Again, what I'm doing there is applying the reasoning power that God has given me to a specific content. And as I do that, I enter into it, it opens up, I see more and more meaning in it, and I'm more and more able to bring that truth now to my life, to apply it in the practice of my life. Mm-hmm. So what St. Ignatius says is that we are invited to bring that same human capacity, our reasoning capacity, to prayer with Scripture. And that reasoning capacity becomes a gateway or a port of entry into the Word of God. I'm meditating. So, for example, let's say this day I set aside my time for prayer, open up my Scripture, And I'm praying with the Sermon on the Mount. And this day I begin with the Beatitudes. And I read the first Beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And I stop there. And I begin to wonder about the words that are found there. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There is something in what Jesus says that points out that there is a blessedness. There is something desirable, something spiritually fruitful in what Jesus calls poverty in spirit. Well, as I reflect on this more closely, I see now that Jesus doesn't simply say, blessed are the poor, but he adds in spirit. So he is speaking about poverty, but he's speaking about a disposition, an attitude, a focus of the heart with which we face life poverty in spirit. And it may be that as I begin to, as the sense of what Jesus is saying begins to to deepen, as I reflect on this, something in my heart begins to get stirred and touched, and I begin to desire this. 
I may find myself beginning to say, Jesus, help me to be poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. Help me to move toward living the blessedness that you see in that kind of simplicity of life, that gospel simplicity and dependence upon God that you mean by poverty in spirit. And as I continue to reflect on this, I notice that this is the first of the Beatitudes, and it's of this poverty of spirit that Jesus says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so it seems that Jesus wants us to realize that entrance into his kingdom, just getting through the doorway into that kingdom, depends in some very significant way on living with this disposition of heart, which he calls being poor in spirit. We can see what we're doing here. This is reflecting on the Word of God, bringing that ability that we have to ponder, reflect, look at the content, and by so doing, it opens up for us. The meaning expands for us. And when that happens, what will happen is that our hearts begin to come alive. Our hearts begin to get touched. And and Chris, that's what I mean by saying that the reflecting power that we use in meditation is just a gateway. It's a port of entry because ultimately prayer is heart speaking to heart in um, Blessed John Newman's classic phrase, heart speaking to heart. What happens is as our minds see more deeply the meaning of what Jesus is saying, our hearts come alive, our hearts begin to speak to the Lord. And then prayer becomes what other authors call it, a dialogue with God or a conversation with Christ. Mm, All right, so this is the first approach. We, and it's a beautiful thing, probably as I'm describing this, all of us can recognize that whether we put that title on it or not, we've been doing that for a long time. You know, let's say on Sunday as we hear the gospel read and we're attentive or the, the first reading or the psalm, and Something speaks to us in what's said, and we find ourselves reflecting on it in an informal but very rich way. What we're doing is meditation. Now, the other approach is what St. Ignatius calls contemplation. And here the port of entry or the gateway into the heart is not our reasoning power, but our imaginative power. We'll return to Praying with Scripture with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. A prayer for the intercession of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, you gave Father Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope, and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness to your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary, and by his very life he taught fidelity to the Church. 
Father, hear the prayer of your family, and through the intercession of Father Lanteri, grant us the grace for which we now ask. May he be glorified on earth, that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Praying with Scripture with Father Timothy Gallagher. We have five exterior senses. This is just the classic perennial philosophy. The senses by which we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. And for each of these five senses, there is a corresponding physical organ in the body. So we see with our eyes, we hear with our ears, we smell with our nose, taste with our tongues, touch with our hands, and so forth. Those are the five exterior senses. And the philosophers have identified the fact that we also have an interior ability to see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. And we have this interior ability to see, hear, smell, taste, and touch things even when they are absent. And this is what we call our imagination. So for example, uh, if I simply invite each of us to see his or her home, we may at this particular moment not be at home. We may be in, in the car, at work, wherever we are. But we can easily see before our mind's eye, so to speak. We can easily see in our imagination the lawn in front of our house, the front steps, the facade of the house. Imaginatively, we can walk through the front door. We can see the kitchen, the dining room, the living room, the rooms upstairs. Or if I say, for example, the uh, parish church where we go on Sundays, we again can see that church. We can see the parking lot outside, indoors. We can see the pews. We can see the altar, the lectern where the readings are, are read, the crucifix and the rest. We have a power to interiorly see things familiar to us but which are not present in the moment. And we could go through the same exercise with the other interior imaginative senses. So if I speak of hearing, for example, if I mention, uh, let's say, hearing the national anthem, we can all hear that melody played within us or a song that we love. Or let's say more close to home, the voice of a loved person, a father, a mother, a child, a spouse. We can hear that voice within us. Or the smell, let's say, of a rose or freshly baked bread or incense in a church function. Or the feel of water when we swim in the ocean. Or the feel of sun beating down, the feel of heat and cold. We have this marvelously rich, God-given ability 
to see, hear, taste, touch, and smell things that are not present. And all of this happens interiorly. And what St. Ignatius invites us to do is to take this human capacity, which God has given us, and employ that as a port of entry or a gateway into the Word of God. So, for example, if I want to pray with, today I have reached, uh, let's say, the eighth chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, and my text is the calming of the storm at sea. Um, So let's say, for example, I I want to pray today with the calming of the storm at sea in Matthew chapter Mm 8. I can, if I choose, I could reflect on the meaning of the words, why are you afraid, men of little faith, and so on. I can reflect on what Jesus does, but I can also imagine, in Ignatius' sense, contemplate this text. So I can be there, actually, in the boat, for example, with the Twelve Apostles, as they set off on the evening of this day. A peaceful evening, dark has fallen, and I'm there in the boat as gently it moves from the shore with the rowing motion until they're able to set the sail. I see the apostles settling down in the boat, and I see Jesus sleeping toward the stern of the boat. And as I continue to contemplate this passage, in my imagination, but in a very real way, I hear the wind begin to rise and grow stronger. I feel the rocking motion of the boat begin and grow more violent. I hear the slamming of the waves in the water against the sides of the boat. And I see all around me and I sense the fear in the disciples and Jesus sleeping. And I can almost feel myself wanting to say now, like the disciples to Jesus, Lord, we are perishing. Save us. Right In this case, what I have done feel the need to speak with great reverence because we're speaking about such holy things here. What we have done in this case is to enter into the richness of a gospel text through the imagination. We are contemplating that text. And that's the basic insight. It really is that simple. By meditation, we mean entering into the word through reflection on its meaning, on its words. And by contemplation, we mean entering into a gospel event through imagining ourselves in the midst of that event, and seeing it happen, hearing it happen. And both methods are good. Both achieve the same end. And that is, they bring the Word of God and its richness to the level of our heart. Our heart begins to desire and to seek and begins to speak to the Lord. It's In a way, it's as if you had a house with two doors on one side and a door on the say, the back side of the house. It doesn't really matter through which door you enter. Each door gets you right into the same place to meet the person inside with whom you want to be in contact and, and in conversation. It's such a different way of praying for so many of us, Father Gallagher, because we're so used to having words that we offer. And the idea of just resting in that silence and allowing the imagination or in our minds and everything to be fully engaged, it almost, uh, it it seems as though it's not prayer, that it's somehow it doesn't fit into the definition that we were raised with. Well, what you've described, Chris, there is the difference between what the spiritual writers call vocal prayer and mental prayer. Mm -hmm. And by vocal prayer, we mean uh, a, a beautiful way of praying in which I pray through set words. The, the noblest of these would be the Our Father, the words of which Jesus himself gave us. But there are many vocal prayers, the acts of faith, hope and love, the Hail Mary, 
um, the creed and and so many um, novenas and many many kinds of prayers that people love and that really bring them close to God. When we pray a vocal prayer, we pray by letting our minds and hearts be attentive to the meaning of the words. And the gift of the words is that they're rich; they have solid content you know, that our hearts can can speak to the Lord. They express things that we want to say to God, and we find it helpful that others down through the centuries in our Catholic spiritual tradition have been able to formulate what our hearts too want to say in words that help us to say it more easily to the Lord. So it's a beautiful form of prayer. But when we pray with vocal prayers, what we are doing is opening, it's not obviously an empty mouthing of the words, but mm-hmm. the real prayer there comes because our hearts open up to the meanings, meaning of the words and our hearts express that meaning. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Or the Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. Our hearts really say those words on that deep level to the Father, to the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to Mary, one of the saints, to whomever we're praying in the communion of the saints. In mental prayer, however, which is what we're speaking about here, both meditation and contemplation are forms of mental prayer. The dynamic is different. Here there's a starting point. In a, in a privileged way, scripture would be a starting point for mental prayer, but many other sources could also be used for mental prayer, some of the rich writings of the saints and, and, and so on. But our focus right now is scripture, so we'll, we'll stay right there. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do here is we take a certain amount of scripture, something like the storm at sea, or maybe one, two, or three, all eight of the Beatitudes, the healing of the leper, the healing of the paralytic lowered through the roof. We take a particular segment text from the scripture, and in the time that we have, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, in the time that we have and the time that is right for what works best for me at this particular point in my spiritual life, and that's going to be very different for for each of us, really, and may change over the years of our lives as well. But let's say I pray for 15 to 20 minutes with a, with a scripture text. What I'll do is, and, and see, Chris, we're going to be going through all of this in great detail, so we're anticipating now the method. What, I, what I'm really focusing on today is the basic intuition to get a sense of what we mean by meditation and contemplation. And then our subsequent conversations are going to take us through the steps and very concretely how we would go about doing that. So that by the end of these conversations, my hope is, and I think we should have a very clear sense, not only of what they mean, but actually how we can use them. Uh-huh. Um, so that's to say what we're saying now is, in a way, is anticipating a little bit what we're going to say later on. But you can see even from what we've said, if I take just the, the calming of the storm at sea, Matthew 28, 23 through 27, that's just a few verses. It doesn't take me too long to read those. But then as my heart is drawn within those verses, I begin to reflect if I choose to meditate them. You know, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And I instantly connect with so many times that I have prayed like that to the Lord in times of fear, or times of darkness in my life. And my heart begins to speak to the Lord right there. And I hear Jesus answer, why are you afraid? Why am I afraid? The boat's about to sink. You know, and okay. And already now I'm engaged heart to heart with the Lord. I've meditated on that. And you can see that by Distinction from vocal prayer, which is guided by the rich content of the words, here there's a lot of freedom. One person will be attracted to one verse within the scripture and one to another. 
or if it's contemplation, to one moment in the unfolding of the event and another person to another. It will be very personal as each of us is guided by the Holy Spirit of the Lord as we pray with the scripture. But we're going to be coming back to this uh, in some detail just a little bit further on. Mm, beautiful. But it's well, it's, it does help to say right now that probably even as I mention these two forms of prayer, reflective and imaginative, it may be that some of us are saying, I find myself more at home with the reflective approach. And others of us might be saying, I really love the imaginative approach. This too, it's very personal. As we've said in mental prayer, mm -hmm. there are no set rules. There are just ports of entry, gateways. And then each of us prays according to the attractions of our heart and as God's grace is working within us. Well, Father Gallagher, what you've just described is just, I mean, so exciting for me and I'm sure for uh, our listeners to be able to open up this great expanse and uh, allow the Lord in in a very special way in our prayers. Well, I think maybe I can best uh, speak to what you've just said so so beautifully, Chris, by quoting a line from the Second Vatican Council that we mentioned earlier. This is in its um, document on divine revelation, where it says this, mm -hmm. Such is the force and power of the Word of God, that it can serve the Church as her support and vigor. And then three things, and the children of the Church, that's each one of us, it can serve us as strength for their faith. And who of us does not need something that will strengthen our faith in these times? food for the soul, and who of us does not feel the need for more spiritual nourishment, and a pure and lasting fount of spiritual life. And any of us who seeks to grow in the spiritual life, how can we not come to the scriptures, which give us strength for our faith, food for the soul, and are a pure and lasting fount of spiritual life? And what Ignatius is simply doing is helping us to find a very concrete, simple, and effective way to do that to approach that spiritual power, which gives such strength, its food, a source of spiritual life, through prayer, with scripture, through meditation and contemplation. But we'll say more in future conversations. I can't wait for those conversations. Thank you so much, Father Timothy Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to Praying with Scripture, Christian Contemplation and Meditation in the Ignatian Tradition with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, and if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our mission. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Praying with Scripture, Christian Contemplation and Meditation in the Ignatian Tradition with Father Timothy Gallagher. <laughs>